Thank you, Ruth. We're looking forward to... Uh, uh, I enjoy our, our Christmas parties we have here. and We just have fun and, and we can relax next week and get together. And, uh, and you never know what you're going to get when you unwrap your presents. I'm almost afraid to pick one up. <laughs> I think I might wrap one that I know about and then I'll get that one and everybody else can, they'll, they'll be, uh, no? Okay, all right. <coughs> Tonight we're going to continue looking into the book of Ezra in the Old Testament. And there, uh, they were sent back to Jerusalem from Babylon. They were dragged away as slaves for 70 years. And a remnant of the people, just a, a, a small number of people, were sent back to rebuild the temple, given the job by the Persian king Cyrus. And uh, so uh, we're going to look at, uh, I just named this Work It. We're going to cover two verses in the third chapter of Ezra, verses 8 and 9. And... Uh, uh, the delay is over. Last week we talked about how the remnant went back to Jerusalem to do the job. And once they got there from Babylon, they quickly became satisfied with the things God intended to only be preparation. They thought they were, this was it. We can just sit back. You know, we've got all of the supplies and we've, We've laid the foundation and we built the altar for the temple. They started doing the sacrifices and keeping the festivals and feast days that the Jewish people do. And then that was it. They were going to stop. And uh, in our passage tonight, these two verses, the delay in doing the work is over. And, but to the, to the remnant's credit, the delay wasn't a long one. Uh, it really only lasted a few months. And, but any delay in doing the work of God that he wants done is, is too long. Amen? God wants something done, sent all of the resources, put it in the minds and the hearts of people, and that needs to be worked on. It needs to be done, taken care of. And now it's time for the remnant to get on with the work that God wanted them to do. And that work was building the temple to worship in. Now, anytime you have to do anything with building a building, the first thing you have to do is what? Laying a foundation, right. And that's the work that was ahead of them. And it's interesting that the text spends absolutely no time describing the nature of of the work they had to do. <coughs> Excuse me. We're given no details of the dimensions or the building materials they had or the methods that they used. All of that is left out. All of that is left out. And the only thing they talked about was the people, the people involved, the remnant, the people that were sent. We call them the remnant because uh, the ones that were sent, they left uh, uh, Babylon to go back, the workers themselves, that's all it talks about here in, in Ezra. There's no talk about processes, no talk about plans 
or procedures or footers or bricks or mortar. None of that. We only talk in the Bible here in Ezra about people and only what it took for them to begin the work that God called them to do in the first place. And what was that work? It was the temple, of course. And the temple was God's witness, this beautiful building that would be a witness to all of the other countries and nations or groups of people around Jerusalem. They were, they were basically like a city-state. Uh, but this, uh, all of those groups would see this temple that, that they were worshiping in, and that's what God wanted them to be, that to be a witness to those people. And so what can this remnant of people teach us about today in being a working church? And they can teach us that a working church is mobilized. <clears throat> and we're going to look at verse 8. Uh, we're only looking at two verses today. And verse 8, the first verse we're going to look at, it tells us in the second month of the second year after their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, the people began the work. They appointed Levites, 20 years old and older, to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. Now, I kind of, this is a condensed version. If you, I did everybody a favor, I took out everybody's names here. And, uh, and just condensed it down to, to what this verse was saying. So I took names out for us. And, uh, but the text says, all they that came out of the captivity to Jerusalem were there and they started to do the work. But we see in the first part, the second month of the second year after their arrival. <clears throat> they had been there two years. And now, this two years and two months after they got there, they began the work. And then they appointed Levites, uh, uh, 20 years old and older, to supervise the building. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But they, all of those that came, all of them, every one of them, all of them started the work. I, I remember in the days leading up to the first Gulf War back in uh, uh, August of 1990, and I had to look that date up. And um, uh, the first Gulf War, you remember Iraq invaded Kuwait and threatened to also invade Saudi Arabia. And uh, we lived in Huber Heights. And uh, that's a little... It's in Dayton, a little part of Dayton. It's right next to the Air Force Base. And so I would say a, a big portion of the people that attended that church were in the Air Force. And uh, so much so that our uh, young people's group, uh, you know, they would get new orders and they, they would leave. You know, there was a, there was a nice family. Uh, I forgot their names, but they had several kids and all of a sudden they had to, he was re, redeployed to Alaska. Uh, so they had to move to Alaska. What was it? Petersons. The Petersons, that's right. <clears throat> so the pastor, I had uh, been uh, working as an unpaid associate pastor at that church in Huber Heights. And so the pastor and I had been talking and, and uh, he says, uh, says, I think you're ready to, to lead a Bible study. 
And uh, so I'll give it to you. You have a Wednesday night Bible study. And uh, what he did was put, he put a stand and a microphone and he put it down in the middle in the front. And I worked for a couple weeks on this Bible study. I forgot what it was about, but uh, we had a good group of people that came, attended. And uh, there were quite a few there. And I was having this Bible study. It was on a Wednesday night when uh, the desert, you know, desert storm started. And the... Uh, and you, it, was, it was just the oddest thing. I'll never forget. All these beepers going off back in 1990. All over the sanctuary. And people getting up out of their seats and almost running out. And some of them were running. They're running out of the building to get in their car to go to the Air Force Base. Because we had uh, started the bombing of, of, uh, of, the, of the Iraqis. And uh, so when mobilization started, everybody was involved. Everybody that was a part of the, of the Air Force base had these beepers and everybody were required to be there in attendance, get to their job and, uh, and do their job. I remember one, one of the guys, a good friend of ours, uh, he was a smart, he had a PhD in uh, several different things, a couple different things. And he worked on uh, the, uh, the B-2 bomber, the stealth bomber. And he helped to design that, uh, that uh, technology that uh, helped them to be, you know, they, you, they couldn't detect them. He, he was, he was uh, responsible for that. And he was a smart, smart guy. And, uh, but they all left. They're getting up and they're going. <clears throat> they were on the job. And that was just like the remnant here. All of them that came out of captivity, each and every one had a part in building this foundation. And uh, uh, when we read this, the people that began, they appointed Levites, but everybody, everybody was involved. Now, uh, I want you to picture that group of people for just a minute. Do you, do you suppose... That all of these people, what did we say before? It was about 42,000 people uh, were, were back in Jerusalem at this time. And do you suppose that each one of them uh, had on their carpenter aprons 42,000 people in, in building the temple, laying the foundation? Did, do you suppose that 42,000 people had their own trowel and a level in their hands to work with? No. So if they were all mobilized into action, but they all weren't builders, what did they do? The answer is they did whatever they were able to do. They, were, they did whatever they were gifted to do. Whatever, was, whatever they could do personally. Now you, you're better at some things than I am, and, and there's some things that I can do, and, and some things you can do that I'm really, you know, I would fumble around with. The ones who could build, they built. The ones who couldn't, they did other things, right? <coughs> and I just pray that it would be that way when God calls us to do a work, when God calls us to do a job. Because not everyone in the church has the same abilities. Not everyone does the same things. And not everyone can do the same things. And 
God designed it that way. And we read about that all through the Bible. Now, some are called to do the prep work, but not, and not everyone can teach. But not, and not everyone can preach. But everyone can do something. And everyone is all it takes to do God's work the right way. And I think that's part of the problem in the, in the church today. <clears throat> hey, preacher, that toilet's broke. You need to get in there and fix that. I'll get my toilet fixing kit and I'll be there, you know, I'll take care of it right now. Every one of us have something we can do. And every one of us needs to see that that can, can be done. And I'm going, to, I'm going to do it. Just set our mind to it. And uh, the remnant being called to build a temple didn't mean that everyone grabbed a trowel and started mixing mortar and, and, uh, and making bricks. But it does mean that everyone needed to be mobilized. Everyone needed to get up and get going on something. If you can't teach or don't want to teach, it's not a gift of yours, then support the teachers. Pray for them, help them with their materials, something. There's something everybody can do. Amen? Yes. All right, there you go. And that's just an example of something God's doing through us here at Calvary. <clears throat> a working church is mobilized. It, go it goes, it starts doing the things. And a working church is also organized. <clears throat> As we look at the last part of this verse here, just the last part, they appointed Levites. The Levites were just a, a, a group from the tribe of Levi. And uh, uh, the Levites were basically later, they were appointed the priests later. But here, the Levites, members of the tribe of Levi, 20 years and older, to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. So these guys, they organized in order to get that done, right? <clears throat> but organized, that's a, that's a loaded word, isn't it? A man was looking out of his office, his building, in this building one day, and uh, saw two men working alongside the road. And uh, the first man would work, they, went, he went, they were going along, these two men, along the grass part just uh, between the street and the sidewalk. And uh, these two men, one would start digging a hole. And when he got his hole to about three feet deep, he would move about 25 feet down from there and start building another hole. Then the second guy right behind him, he would come in behind that first guy and he'd, he'd fill in that hole. And while one was digging a new hole, the other one was filling in the old hole and, and he's watching it and scratching his head. He says, and this went on all morning. And so finally at lunchtime, the office worker, he, his curiosity got the better part of him. He went outside during his lunch break and he stopped him and he said, uh, uh, sure does look like you two are working hard today. But, uh, but tell me something. I don't understand what you're doing. And one of you digs a hole just to have the other one come behind and fill it in. You don't seem to be accomplishing anything. And the first worker looks at him and he's leaning on his shovel and he says, and this explains it all, we work for the state. And he says, normally we're on a three-man work crew. 
I dig the hole, Sam, he sticks a tree in, and Bob covers it up. Well, just because Sam's sick doesn't mean me and Bob can't go ahead and do the work. <clears throat> so these guys were organized, right? <clears throat> they had a system down, and nobody was going, to, was going to wreck their system. But being organized is more than just having a system. You know, as a matter of fact, organization can mean different things to different people. You know, organization, when you, when you picture that word, it, it, you picture something different than I might. And to the remnant, to these people here in Jerusalem, being organized meant having structure, meant having oversight, somebody in charge. And these two names were ones I didn't read to you, Zerubbabel and Jeshuai. They were the main leaders, and they knew they couldn't do it all. And maybe they took their cue from Moses. Remember, we just talked about this a couple weeks ago in our Sunday school class about Moses. And uh, after Moses led the people out of slavery in Egypt, they're out in the desert, two million people. And so Moses, we read in Exodus chapter 18 that his wife and his sons and his father-in-law came out to visit him. And uh, so he was happy to see him. And so his, his father-in-law was also a priest in another location. So his father-in-law, his name was Jethro. He, he's, well, I'll go with you. I want to see and watch what you do. So Moses took it upon himself to sit. When it, somebody had an argument against another person, they would go to Moses and they would give their argument and he would play like Judge Judy and, uh, and pronounce us, you know, this is what we're going to do to settle this dispute. And can you imagine leading two million people, what kind of disputes can come up? That would be him up. He's, he said, it's described in Exodus 18 that Moses sat from morning until night and he was totally exhausted. And then he'd do it the next day and he'd do it the next day. So Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest, pulls him aside and uh, led by God and he says, <clears throat> you need to appoint people for them to see. And then you would only take the very serious cases. So we get from that here in the United States our court system. So that you go to a lower court, plead your case. If they don't take care of it to your satisfaction, you can take it to a higher court. And then up the chain, and then Moses was the Supreme Court, so to speak. And he only oversaw the very serious cases that nobody else could get satisfaction from. So that's where that all came from. And so maybe they took their cue here from Moses in getting organized. And uh, maybe Zerubbabel and Jeshua uh, looked at and, and read of that because they had the Torah they had the first five books of Moses uh, written. That was their Bible. And that was in there in the book of Exodus, the second book of the Bible. And that's exactly what they did. They picked out the Levites. You're of this tribe, and we want you to come forward. We're going to give you this responsibility. Told everybody else, this, these guys are in charge. They will oversee what you're doing. There is an accountability. That and a modern company would call that leadership hierarchy. And I just call it smart. 
because they, they had somebody. There was no dictator. There's no dictator in, in, involved. They just knew that this is what they had to do to get things done. And then the final trait of a working church <coughs> is being unified. <coughs> and we're going to look at verse 9. And uh, verse 9 reads uh, this way. Joshua and his sons and brothers and Cadmiel and his sons, descendants of the Hudaviah, and the sons of Hernadad and their sons and brothers, all Levites, joined together in supervising those working on the house of God. So being unified, this church or this, this, uh, these people doing this job were unified. They worked all together and they, they agreed into all this. So when we, when we look at this picture, uh, here's Jeshua, one of the leaders, and standing next to, him, next to him are his sons and his brothers. And then next to them is Cadmiel and his sons. And next to them more, and next to them more, and next to them more. All of them side by side, working together, working with a goal in mind, working in harmony, and working toward a common common. Uh, end to what they were doing having the temple the foundation done and each man being a part each man with a man by his side and uh, what's the key word to this verse the word together they did all of it together there wasn't just one it wasn't just one or two that was doing all the work it was everybody doing what they could and doing it together Many years ago, another story, a circuit riding preacher was passing through farm country riding his horse and he stopped to watch a strange old farmer plowing in his field. And the single mule he had hitched to his plow had blinders on. And says that was, he thought that was strange. One mule with blinders. So, but the strangest thing was what the farmer was yelling. The, the farmer yelled up, Giddy up, Pete. Giddy up, Herb. Giddy up, Bill. Giddy up, Jeb. Let's go. So the preacher asked him, he, as, after he watched this for a while, how many names did you give that old mule anyway? And the guy smiled and he said, just one. That mule's name is Pete. Well, why do you keep calling out all those names? And he says, well, it's like this. If old Pete knew he was the only one doing all this work by himself, he wouldn't do a thing. But if he thinks he's got three other mules helping him, he does it all by himself without complaining. <clears throat> and the only thing that we can successfully unify around is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we work around. That's our purpose. That's, what, that's in what we're doing. And I'd like to close up here at, by reading and showing you some verses out of the New Testament, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, now that Peter writes, now that you have, been, you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed 
through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. You see, the only thing that unifies us together in doing anything for the church is love. Love for the Lord, love for his word, and it's by the obedience to the truth of the word, which he tells us here, endures forever. It lasts forever. His promises are true. He says he's going to be with us always. He's going to be with us always. No ifs, ands, or buts. And Peter says that this is the gospel that is preached to you. So the question is, <clears throat> are you ready to mobilize, to get things done, to be a witness to people out there, the people that we meet, that we work with, our neighbors, our friends, our, our family members, to be, to be a witness to them of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And if you're willing to organize, then we better unify, right? Not around a program and not around a person, but around the full commitment and obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this gospel tells us that we need to make disciples everywhere we go. Teaching people, baptizing people, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then if that's what it says, then we better be doing it. Right? We need to be doing it. And I don't, I don't know what work God has planned for us, I don't know what your part in this is because we're all in this together. We do have a good foundation here at Calvary. We do have a good foundation. And we need to make sure that we continue to help one another, to encourage one another, pray for one another, do whatever we can together to see souls saved. Amen? Let's all stand. <clears throat> thank you father tonight for your word thank you for what you give to us through your word and here buried in this little book in the old testament that we usually pass over lord we can find so much in it about you and what you would have us to do because you tell us in the new testament that all scripture is useful and this is part of scripture and the useful part of this is that these people knew they had a job to do and they did it together. And we're thankful for these people, this church family here at Calvary, Lord, that were able to get things done and, and have kids and teens here and families come in and out. But help us, Lord, to work together to, to see more things, to see, see done what you want us to do. And we love you and thank you in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.